Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hello, and welcome to Authentic Living. You know, it isn't easy, this path to authenticity, and our guest today is going to talk to us about how easy it is to slip back into old, inauthentic patterns, but she will also be talking to us about how to come back home to yourself for the second time. At each juncture in which a crisis calls us to a deeper and higher awareness, we are called back to ourselves. Joan Anderson is the author of A Year by the Sea, An Unfinished Marriage, A Walk on the Beach, a Weekend to Change Your Life, and the subject of our discussion today, A Second Journey, The Road Back to Yourself. About this subject of returning to yourself, Joan has this to say, I am as unfinished as the shoreline along the beach, meant to transcend myself again and again. Much of Joan's work is about and for women. She conducts retreats for women in which she offers a six-step approach to retrieve lost strength, repair inner selves, and regenerate spirits. She recognizes that women are both the carriers of nurturance and, as sociologist Ashley Montague says, the carriers of culture itself. She works with thousands of women who are operating on empty, having lost their passion for their careers and personal lives. And so she has written her books for women as well. All but one of her books are written in a memoir style, revealing personal information about her own struggle for authenticity in a world that would rather we be foe faux selves. In so doing, she allows all women who read her books to see their own lives through her eyes, and her book, The Second Journey, is certainly no exception. Her initial awakening required more awakening, and she tells us about that in this memoir of her journey. So without further introduction, welcome, Joan, to Authentic Living, and thank you so much for giving of your time today to speak to our listeners. Great to be here, especially at this season. Absolutely. It's a dark season, but we hope to awaken in the, in the winter sometime. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, John, in order for us to uh, do your story justice, I guess we have to start at the beginning. So let me ask first, how did you come to write that very first book, A Year by the Sea? My best friends came to visit me at the end of that year and saw how I changed by being alone, and they wanted some. So uh, I, had, I took them around and showed them what I had done, and then I realized that um, instinctively and intuitively I had figured out how to shift and change. And that became the beginning of writing that book. And when the book was finished, I realized that there were six steps. Retreat, retrieve, repair, regroup, regenerate, renew. So um, it sounds so simple, but I think no, no shift or change uh, is anything but a, a process. And we all process our life changes at different speeds, don't we? Absolutely. So it really just happened. I, when I ran away from home, I was brain dead. I couldn't have written a book while I, was, while I was trying to find myself again. It was only in retrospect that I wrote what had happened. And um, the book was rewritten, Andrea, oh, I don't know, something like uh, ten times. 
mm-hmm. and it was um, rejected 37 before it was finally bought, and then, of course, it became a, a major bestseller, and it's been translated into 18 languages. Wonderful. I think That's it's all because everyone is asking, who am I beyond the roles that I play? Absolutely. We, this is such a culture of telling us how to behave and what role, what, you know, what, how to do those roles, and, and, and where does the individual fall in that process? The individual falls completely away. Absolutely. You know, I, guess, it was, I think it was St. Augustine who said the unexamined life is the wasted life. Yep. And I feel so strongly that I, I've always been one of these people that challenges other people's rules. So the, I think the five books are all about really examining almost under a microscope who it is that I am meant to be and how can I spend the second half of my life being that individual. Yep, yep. And I guess most of us hope for a one-time epiphany that it's just going to make it all okay after that. <laughs> yeah, but and you, you know, there are, tons, there are tons of epiphanies. And what I came to discover in the second journey is I really believe that we live many, many lifetimes, sort of like a cat, and that we live a lifetime in a decade. And at the end of a decade, we then have to assess what is outlived and what is it that is unlived. And we have to sort of say goodbye to the outlived stuff so we can make room for the unlived. And I, I think um, if, you, if you think about yourself, and I certainly have changed dramatically since ten, you know, in the past 10 years. Oh, absolutely. But 10 years ago, I had no grandchildren. I wasn't a best-selling author. I wasn't living with a retired husband. My, my mother wasn't in a nursing home. I mean, just mm-hmm. the entanglements around me were different 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and it's, it's wonderful to see what I've come through, the challenges that I've um, you know, endured, and of the crises that I've helped myself and others figure out, and then, you know, kind of praise myself hmm. for getting through becoming new again and now embarking on the next decade. Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful journey. So, so why do you think it is that midlife is such an important time for growth, for women in particular? Well, we finally get to have our turn, don't we? Mm-hmm. But some of us think we should, you know, we should keep everything in our life that we had before. Some of us keep husbands that shouldn't be there. Or, or um, you know, we think we're still mothers when, in fact, our children are married and gone. And I think midlife is the breaking point. It's halfway to 100. You've done all of the um, prescribed roles. You, you've, you've, you know, you've, you've been, you've, you, the prescription was written for you, and most of us did it very well. And halfway to 100, it's time to make the break and say, hey, Joan, hi, how are you? Now, who are you anyway? Right, right. So I think midlife is, is, the, is the ticket to the next step, should we choose to open the box. But, right. of course, many people think they shouldn't. And I had a, a wonderful mentor, as you know, and her name was Joan Erickson, and her husband um, invented the eight stages of life. He was Eric Erickson. And they were amazing about explaining that. I like to say if I'd run into Freud, I'd still be on the couch. (laughs) If I'd run into Jung, I'd still be looking for my shadow under a rock. (laughs) But I ran into the positive psychiatrist who said, you know, through uh, turmoil and challenge, you get a strength. And then you go on to the next turmoil and challenge and get another strength. So really, each time we, we go through something hard, 
we come out the other side with, you know, with something new to work with for our future journey. Right. Right, and that's the evolutionary process. So let me ask this then. As we look back over our lives and we find mistakes that we've made, what do, we, what do you recommend that we do with those mistakes? <laughs> well, you know, when I was weaving my life cycle with Joan Erickson because she said nobody could possibly memorize or understand her husband's um, uh, graphs in his book. Mm-hmm. So we put a color to each cycle of our life. And, and that was a fascinating experience because when I got to love, and I had run away from home, mind you, so I'd left my husband for a year, and I didn't know if I'd ever return. Um, I said, well, I don't want to weave this. I flunked love. I'm not, you know, I wasn't very good at it. You were good at it, but I wasn't. And she said, oh, no, dear, that's not the way it is at all. She said, you jumped right over getting to know yourself in order to get a husband, which most of us did, and then you were smart enough to leave that marriage for a time, go back, find yourself, and bring that whole individual into the relationship. Don't forget you can always pick up a stitch, she said. So that when we were looking at our tapestries all finally done and finished, there was a lot of darkness in mine because that, of course, was all the turmoil and trouble and and stuff I brought upon myself, counterfeit journeys and, and accidental journeys. But all of those have colored who I am. And it's, it's some rejoicing should go with the mistakes. You know, I find that some of the mistakes I've made have been so helpful in my understanding of my children or people around me who are making similar mistakes. And you can say, like, Mama, they're there. That's okay. You're just human. You're just trying. And you're learning from these mistakes, aren't you? And you want to climb on top of them. What a wonderful analogy. Climbing on top of them. I like that. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, none of us ride the rainbow forever, do we? No. And why should we be perfect? Oh, my God, what an awful word. Really? There are two things I will never suggest that anybody else is perfect or strong, especially a woman, because the strong person ends up doing all the work, doesn't she? Oh, you're so strong, you can handle it. Yes. Oh, go ahead. You can do it. You know? And I just think that's cruel. So it's certainly no compliment to be called strong. Yep, I agree. So then you would say guilt is, uh, is a sort of an unnecessary energy there in that process. <laughs> yeah, but we all have it, don't we, Andrea? Yes, I mean, we do. When I ran away from home, I mean, I, when I said to my husband, I'm not going to follow you to your new job, he went, what? I went to myself, what did I just say? But I didn't take it back because I'd never made a step like that for myself. And when I finally got to our little cottage on Cape Cod, I stood there on the beach holding guilt in one hand and freedom in the other. And freedom was dying to come out. I really needed to fly for myself. I had been somewhat chained, you know, to the household, to whatever it was that we needed to do through functional relationship to get the family launched. And when they're launched, we really should have the right to fly, don't you think? Absolutely. And everyone benefits. I mean, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, whom I adore, mm-hmm. wrote Women Who Run With The Wolf. She said at a certain point, uh, we, have to be, we have to decide whether we women, whether we want to be bitter or not. And it seems to me bitterness comes from being stopped. On top of which, if any of us are religious, you know, we were made to be an individual and to make a contribution. 
And you can't do that in, you know, in the matrix of what we've been given. You really have to dare and risk and push to become a little bit unique from the next guy. Right. And that's, I'm always pushing people. I mean, that's what Joan Erickson, she did with me. She would literally take her cane and stick, stick it in my back. <laughs> go, girl, go. And then she'd say, and make sure you have as many secrets as you can possibly handle. Just get back in time for dinner and don't tell them where you've been. I love it. Because people want to take your power and your secrets and your adventure away from you because they didn't have it. <laughs> That's why she That's was a, so unconventional. Yeah, especially when you've been the strong person. They want you to keep doing what you've always done for exactly. them. Exactly. In the circle. If stay in the circle. And so when I ran away from home, Andrea, that first, in the first book, um, I, really ent- I titled the book Ebb Tide because I was just circular. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't low and I wasn't high. I was just in that awful middle place. And, of course, in this culture, transition is the middle place. And, and we are not supposed to stay there very long. We're supposed to go for another external goal. But I really needed to pause, and I needed to sit with myself, and I needed to hear what my heart needed to say. And I needed to be in a natural environment where, the, where nature might give me clues as to what I was longing for. Mm-hmm. And that comes when you retreat. Right. Selfhood begins when you take yourself away. So... You've talked about the six stages, and I want to talk about those some more. And definitely we're talking about role versus authenticity, which is what this whole radio show is about. But the, the question is, how do we know what's authentic and what's a role? Can you help our listeners? Oh, yeah. We're going to take a break in just a minute, so if we have to stop and pause, we'll come back to it. Okay. I mean, authentic is, well, you know when you're in it. You know when you're pretending. My cheeks get red. <laughs> yeah. It's a dead giveaway. And you're uncomfortable, and you've, you've rolled yourself up, you've, you've twisted yourself like a pretzel. I, I, the other day I was invited to a Christmas party, and I said, is so-and-so coming? And the hostess said, yes. And I said, you know, she really doesn't care for me. So I'm really not going to come because I really don't want to be around that energy. <laughs> it's okay that she doesn't care for me, but I am who I am. Right. And so... We can, we can go back to authenticity and roles as soon as we are done with the commercial break. Okay, that's exactly right. And this is Andrea Matthews. This is Authentic Living, and today we're talking with Joan Anderson. And we'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance to expect guidance, to trust, and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part 
in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews, and today we're talking with Joan Anderson about her book, A Second Journey, The Road Back to Yourself. And just before the break, Joan, we were talking about uh, how we can tell the difference between a role and authenticity. So let's, let's uh, finish up with that, and then we'll talk about some other things as well. You know, I think when the women come here from the retreats or go anywhere for a retreat, they really begin to hear what their heart needs to tell them. And what I encourage them to do is look into their gene pool. That's the retrieving part. And, you know, we leave so many people behind that really are still within us, in our souls, in our bones. And that's, that's the kind of energy that we need to um, evoke when we're in this process of getting back to uh, ourselves. I, I call it, you know, the, the process of we've been papered over and now we've got to scrape the wallpaper off to get back to the, the bare bones. But, you know, you can see it in your face. You can see it. You can feel it in your, in your body when you are not being natural and real. And I think um, women need, a concrete thing is, if women could be alone every day for half an hour in a natural place where no one can see them, they, they learn to become what it is to be in their own skin. But it's all the accoutrements that we put on ourselves, our makeup, our face, you know, the whole thing that makes us be, stay something other than who we really are meant to be. Mm-hmm. There was a woman who came to the weekend, and she walked in, and she looked very hard and, and tough, and she, she, she announced to everybody who, whom she did not even know, I'm here to get a divorce. 
And we said, okay, if that's what you want, we'll help you with that. And after three days of really being alone in nature and being with other women, she changed completely. Her face was smooth. Her, uh, there was a tan on her, on her skin. And she said, you know, it's not about getting divorced. It's about feeling empowered. Right. And I think you build that power with yourself when you can be alone. Mm-hmm. And, or you begin to. For me, it's just been, it's been a 12-year journey. So, of course, it's not, it was a full year. And then, as Joni said, when I was so worried when my husband was coming to join me that I turned back into a wife, she said, oh, no, you won't, dear. You've tasted too much of the other. So if you can allow yourself, all the women who are listening, to taste something of the other on a weekend at first or maybe a day away and then maybe even a week away, the next thing you know, you begin to say hello to that person that's been buried for so long. Right, and and so the the journey, though we may uh, take an external retreat, a big part of that journey is the internal retreat to just kind of find out what it is that you're feeling. Yes, well, the con- the contemplative time is is a hallmark of my retreats. Mm-hmm. So, in in when I take take women to Scotland on the, on this wonderful sacred island of Iona, they have a full day of silence. Wow, and um, they are completely. They, they hear what their heart needs to tell, tell them by the end of that day. Here on the Cape, we have maybe four or five hours on a barrier beach. Wild, wild place. And, you know, you have to survive on your own. You're out, of, you're out and not protected at all, under the big dome of sky, and forced to see just how tough you really are. Yeah. And, of course, everybody's very tough. I mean, we have babies, right? <laughs> we know how to do it if we give ourselves a chance to do it. So one of the things is, is being alone. Another is testing your body. And another is uh, listening to what your heart needs to tell you and journaling. Mm-hmm. One of the main lines in the first book that I just think is fantastic is the habit of deference can grow like a cancer on the soul of a woman until what she becomes is out of her hands. Oh, yeah. And that is the great... That is the great issue. Once we've been, been in the habit of deferring, within, over time, we really lose the core of ourselves. So the habit of deference can grow like a cancer on the soul of a woman until what she becomes is out of her hands. Now, truly, that's reversible. But you have to know that you've been deferring entirely too much and begin deferring to yourself. And, of course, that starts with saying no like I did with the party yesterday. Yep. I just don't think I can come because I don't want to be around that energy. Mm-hmm. And that's my prerogative. I'm not saying anything against the other people. I just know what I can handle now around me. Mm-hmm. And you found that out by paying attention. Yeah, and I did. And for instance, um, before my retreats, I'm totally available for all the women when they come because I've taken a week off before the retreat to completely take care of myself. All systems are go when the women come, so I can be the ultimate giver. Mm-hmm. But I've also given to myself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many women, Andrea, are, you know, we think we're, we're compa- that compassion is a wonderful thing, and most of us are compassionate. And I say, how pitiful is that? 
because what do compassionate people do? Open their arms larger, larger, larger until they break. Right. So we're learning actually to be compassionate to ourselves in the process of what I've done in my books. Right. And I think that, that in large part that's because we don't even really understand what compassion is. Oh, good, good point. I mean, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> if we don't love ourselves, if we're not connected with ourselves first, of course, we really are falsely compassionate to those around us, aren't we? Right, absolutely. Then it's a game. Then it's a, pre- a pretense. Then, it's, then it is playing the role of the courtesan wife, the, you know, extra lovable mother, all of that. I mean, I got in such trouble um, thinking that I could replace my father when he died and make my mother happy. Well, my mother had to make herself happy. Mm-hmm. I say in the second journey, it's relief uh, or from old age, something like it's relief from old age she wants and I can't give her that. Compassionate women have to come to realize what they can actually give or not give. Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't continue. We, we're, we can't pour ourselves out like a pitcher or the pitcher will be empty. Yep, and that's a part of the process of what you call eliminating illusion. <laughs> yeah, and of the illusion that we are superwomen. Yeah, and, that, and you know, the other piece of that is that it gets attached to all kinds of images of ourselves like I'm not only superwoman, but I'm really a good, good, good person because I've sacrificed myself for all these other people. And you see, that gets involved with ego. Mm-hmm. And I say when you want to have that reputation, when you want to be the best of everything, when you want to be seen as that, you know, practically the Madonna, the Mary, when you want all this, the ego is really pushing you for that. Whereas if you're in the I am, that's the soul talking. Absolutely. And so I am Joan. I am, I'm human. I'm, okay, I, it's Christmas time. This is the time that always gets women, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I usually have a wreath party, actually. It's on my website. You can see a picture of my wreath party. Didn't have it this year. Had it planned. Knew that if I had it, I might compromise my visit with my grandchildren one week later. So canceled it. I'm getting so good at that, Andrea, because I want to be present. I don't want to miss the moment. Yep. You know, I have a sand timer that is, um, it's an hour-long sand timer, and I keep turning it all the time at retreats because we can't see time passing. But it is December 17th, 09, 08, sorry, December 10th, 2008. We are never going to get today back again. So I'm very intentional about what I'm going to do today. And that's how I I really hope everyone can be. Yep. Become intentional so that they can be present, so that they don't miss the moment. And now we have another commercial moment. (laughs) Yes, we do. And then we will be back to talk some more. Yes, we will. And this is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living, brought to you by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. Ah! 
There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Awakened media for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back again with Joan Anderson, uh, the author of A Second Journey, The Road Back to Yourself. And we've been talking today about this whole process of finding and beginning to actually challenge ourselves to live the authentic self. And I want to spend a little time during this uh, uh, segment here before the next commercial break that we talk about those six steps. Can we just talk a little bit more specifically about those, Joan? Yes. I mean, it's, a retreat is, there's so many distractions in this culture. And, and, and then throw in some holidays, and, you're, and then throw in some accidents or issues or problems like the financial situation that so many people are going through now. And you need to go away and listen to what your heart need, needs to say. Like, I like to look at Jesus, for instance. I, I'm not religious, but I'm more spiritual, but... He had to go ponder in the, in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to come back new. So this is no luxury retreat in this culture for women who are the carriers of culture and most ancient cultures. 
send their women around away four to six times a year, Andrea, so that they can hear what they need to hear to bring back and enhance the family. We give our, you know, we give our women Mother's Day for heaven's sake, and most of us are taking care of our own mothers. So retreat is key, and if it's just for a half a day, in my Weekend to Change a Life book, really hallmarks uh, or uh, traces what a weekend or a week or a year could be to just changing, you know, to, to change. Second is retrieve, and I would mention that before. Retrieving from our gene pool, retrieving from our mistakes, the strengths we've gained from those mistakes, retreating from, um, retrieving from the life cycles that Eric and Joan Erickson talked about that we've each gone through again and again and again. I think we recycle the life cycles and we get stronger and stronger as we fall and get up again. So retrieve, we have a lot within us that we can look at if we're quiet enough to see it. Repair, stop, look, and listen. I mean, Joni would say, Joan Erickson would say, it's all in the senses, you know, and then again, that, that, that happens on a beach. I go for a beach walk every day, and when I hit the beach, I finally say, um, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. I want to hear something. I want to hear a word, something that I can focus on for the rest of the day. And that's the, begin of my, the beginning of my repair. Mm-hmm. Uh, regroup. Regroup is really about saying, you know, I don't need that anymore. Getting rid of anything toxic or unnecessary or distracting from the journey you're on. And have lots of tools in a weekend to change your life as to how to do that. Regenerate. Joan and Eric Erickson talked about generativity versus stagnation in our middle years. We all want to be generative, not stagnant. I never want to retire, for instance. So how do we do that? Generativity means to generate something new, to find your passion, your cause, your bliss. Only marriages that where each couple leaves the relationship literally and figuratively to find their bliss halfway through life and then bring that energy back into the relationship really have adult love in the end. And then you return after this process over time, new to an old place. And everyone around you is revived because they see this new person, this sparkle. So there's no downside. That's all about self-improvement. And I don't mean self-improvement to, it's self-improvement of awakening the soul. And once the soul and spirit are awakened, there's the sky's the limit. Absolutely. So that's really the six. Um, the book has all kinds of exercises. For instance, we start with a calendar exercise where I say, okay, you can't look at your, any old calendars. Just go backwards 12 months and, and put in all the big events of your life that you can recall. Do you know what most women do? They sit and stare at the paper. Oh, wow. They can't remember last week. They can't remember who they had Thanksgiving with. That's because we're always ahead of ourselves instead of in the moment. So that's the first thing. I say, okay, I think you're doing too much. (laughs) And then the second um, exercise they do is the transition exercise, and they look at how many people, how many transitions they've experienced. Did the dog die? Did they move? Did somebody lose a job? Did they get a bad diagnosis? Excuse me, I've got to take a little sip of water. Um, all those questions, and then I say, there, there, 
aren't you amazing? Look what you have ushered and, and ushered people through. Excuse me. <laughs> and once they have done that, they see how far away they got from their core and how justified they are to get back. It's an ache they feel, which is why they've come to me, an ache to know themselves again because they've known, they've worked hard to know everyone else but not themselves. Exactly. So, you know, when, when we talk about this uh, journey inward, one of the things that I see people encounter over and over again is this whole concept of being selfish. It's selfish oh, to just want what you want. Yep. When, in fact, if we don't know ourselves, we can never know anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I've had so many young mothers come to me, and they've been accused of being selfish because they've gone away or wanted time off. I said, you are the carrier of culture taking care of these little souls, these new people, you more than anybody needs the time off what to hear what your heart needs to tell you. Yep. It's tragic. It's a, we've got it all backwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think so many times it's, it's just all about what we've learned and we, we don't even realize that we've been picking up this false information for a lifetime. Well, again, it's the roles, Andrea, the roles that we were taught to play, and we were taught those very well. Yeah. But, um, you know, even a best, even a, um award-winning actress can only play one good role at a time. That's a good point. You know, and here point. we are trying to balance so many. I've got a, a mug that sits on my desk. I'll, it's broken. The handle's broken off of it. I'll never get rid of it. It's a secretary doing 17 things. Her feet are everywhere. Her hands are everywhere. You know, and it's, please, I can only do 17 things at a time. <laughs> no, you know, we have to stop that because, because the culture more than ever now needs feminine energy. I've been accused of being a feminist, and I say I was really appalled at hearing that term because most of the ist words are so mean, you know, terrorist, communist, feminist. <laughs> but if I wasn't a feminist, what was I? And I realized I'm a proponent of feminine energy. Right. And, and that energy was killed, or I killed it in myself, because I didn't value my potential. I didn't value my soul and my heart. Right. I valued everyone else's first. Right, and I and guess that same thing could be applied to a man who wants to get back in touch with his feminine. Absolutely, and in, in The Unfinished Marriage, my second book, when Robin finally came to be with me, I let him alone to, to, hear, to try to figure out who he was before he played all the roles. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was an amazing thing to, to witness. You know, I, look at, I, look at, I looked at him when, when he came back, and, and I thought, you know, he is holy and holy and W-H-O-L-L-Y as well as H-O-L-Y. And if you can look at the people in your life that way and see how unfinished they are, everything changes in your relationship with them. Right. Because it's a novelty then what they bring to you each day or each decade or each year. So I look at my daughter-in-laws that way. I look at my, my children, my grown children that way. I look at my husband that way. And it's fascinating. They are as unfinished as the shoreline along the beach, meant to transcend themselves again and again. And so am I. Yep. And that's the great news. Uh-huh, but, you know, change is not welcome in this culture. 
And it's very scary. That's right. You have to be gutsy to want to change. So I prefer to use the word shift. Okay. Okay. I think we shift a little bit here, a little bit there, and before you know it, we've gone to another rung on the ladder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know that whole thing about change being scary. That's it's almost you've you've talked about Erickson's stages of generativity and uh, this stage of generativity and stagnation versus stagnation. That whole thing, it's almost like our culture wants us to become little statues. Well, you know, I was on Oprah a couple of times, and that was wonderful. But uh, I'm sure probably, it was. I probably can't get on again because I'm too old. Oh. The, the, the house, the, um, they, they market to 40-year-olds. All of the producers on many, many TV shows are like 10 years old. Okay. And so the information we are getting from the mass culture is through the eyes and thoughts and souls of the young, very young people. And it's tragic because there's no um, platform for the wisdom of those of us who have slogged through, you know, half of a century mm-hmm. and really have something to say, especially when, we're, when we are examining under a microscope as I am, um, you know, my life. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad thing in a, in a, in a fast culture that, that we aren't finding room for the, the wisdom to emerge. Right. And in that whole emergence process, I, I think one of the things with the stages of your six-stage process that I'm most intrigued by is this retrieval process. I remember Carol and Mace talking about how we have to get back the little pieces of ourselves we left with other people. Oh, that's a great line. And, and it, this happened by accident with me as well because... I just found a big old box of, of pictures, and I put them out on the living room floor, spread them all out in some kind of order from the time I was three, and I saw when my face changed oh, wow. and when I became what other people wanted me to be or when I became a chubby little child and my mother thought I was disgusting looking, mm. and that's when part of me died. <laughs> yep. Um, and I saw people from my past who really had mothered me, but they were no longer in my life, and I, I missed that mothering. Oh, yeah. So we look at all, if we can look at the whole life until uh, now, we have a lot to work with for our future. Oh, Retrieval I... is key. You're right. Yep, yep. Okay. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment to uh, finish up our interview with Joan Anderson author of A Second Journey. Retrieval is the raw material of our personhood. Absolutely. And we'll be back in just a moment to talk about this some more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my PhD in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology 
can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for, with our final segment of talking to Joan Anderson, uh, the author of A Second Journey, The Road Back to Yourself. And um, we were just talking about retrieval as that process of, of getting raw material that you can use to, to find yourself, to um, illuminate yourself, to eliminate illusion. And uh, during the break, we also said something about the fact that, you know, women don't need a how-to book on how to do this. Women just need to look inside themselves and and I think that's so important, and the process is so sacred. Um, did you want to say anything else about retrieval before we move on? Well, it's just that we're so instinctive and intuitive, and those instincts come from a very deep place. And that deep place probably is a grandmother or a wild aunt. I mean, I adored my Aunt Elsie. She was outrageous. Everybody wanted me to adore Aunt Isa, Edith, who was perfect. Oh. I mean, she was domesticated up the wazoo, you know. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, really realizing that even though people said, don't be like Aunt Elsie, that that is who I was. Oh, yeah. Joan Erickson would call me. She was outrageous and unconventional. She'd call me every day and she'd say, want to get in some trouble today? <laughs> and at the end of the day, if we hadn't gotten together, she'd call and say, so what moments did you collect? So every day I try to collect a moment and remember it when, I, when my head hits the pillow. And I also am constantly saying, oh, there, there she is again, Aunt Elsie, making me, do, making me be naughty and nice. You know? <laughs> right. So I, and I, we were talking about divorce, and I think it's so important. You know, we don't need to find an excuse to leave. We, that's another intuitive 
that's uh, an instinct we have and we know. We just have to come to terms with it. There are so many women who come to my retreats and are not satisfied with their relationship. And I'll say, you know, well, relate is a verb. You know, you, you can't do all the relating. It takes two to relate. And um, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that we, we blame ourselves if we're in a relationship that really needs to end. When, in fact, when we marry this person, we don't know anything about his gene pool or how he was raised, correct? Right. And vice versa. And the hormones are, you know, keeping it together, but they don't last forever either. So I look at love in, in three ways. The first, uh, part, the first easy thing about love, I mean, the easy love is adolescent love. I mean, that's just so simple. And the second part of love, which is hard, is functional relationships. The third is adult love, and in order to get there, as I said before, you have to leave the relationship literally or figuratively, and here we are again, another midlife deal, to find your purpose, your gift, your bliss, and then bring that energy into the relationship, and then you can have adult love. Right. And that means two people have to take their second half of their life as seriously as the first. And if you have a man who's just watching TV and sports and playing a lot of golf like my husband does and is not into generativity, you may have to leave. And as, jo- as Joan Erickson would say, divorce is reasonable. <laughs> and she was 94 when she said that. I love it. It's totally reasonable. And we can't beat ourselves up for the relationship coming to an end. It's just one of those outlived things. Right. For many, many reasons. Right. And I say to people, it's not necessarily that it's coming to an end, and it's certainly not that you've failed. It's more that, it ha- that you've stayed after it ended. Oh, good point. Yes, and uh, absolutely. And it's not a fail. It, there's so many. Um, I like to say when I sign that book, Unfinished Marriage, um, may you revel in the fruits that come from relationship. So many women mourn and grieve the end of the husband. When, in fact, from that relationship, they've gotten three, four children and maybe tons of grandchildren and other extended family members. So it's just one person. And maybe a lot of wisdom. Yes. A lot of wisdom from the adversity of that relationship. Right. A lot of purpose, a lot of competence, a lot of pushing yourself forward, a lot of becoming an individual instead of just a couple. So I'm not advocating divorce, but I'm advocating when a woman instinctively or intuitively knows she can't stay, it's okay. Right. Right. But don't do it when you're tired. <laughs> right. right. Go to a spa first. The repair part is so important. Mm-hmm. When you are at a crossroads, if you don't find time for repair before you make further decisions about which way to go in a job, in a marriage, with your children, whatever, you really need to take some time. Again, retreat. Right. And speaking of retreat, uh, tell our listeners how they can go to your website and, and take one of your Well, my website, right this very minute, is being done, doing something to it for the next three hours. But, okay. Um, it's www.joanandersononline.com. Okay. And you go to retreats, and you'll see everything that's coming up all over the country. Right. It is my passion. I love it. To turn women on to finding themselves. Exactly. I love it. That's wonderful. You ought to come, Andrea. 
I'm sorry? You ought to come. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would like to plan to do that, especially up in Cape Cod. That's one of my favorite places on the planet. So. Well, and I'm, I'm coming down to Alabama at some point in, uh, for Mardi Gras, actually. Oh, great. Great for the mobile. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yep. Well, our listeners now know that she's in Cape Cod and I'm in Alabama. So, <laughs> so we are, uh, and maybe we'll meet in the middle somewhere, or, or, or absolutely I'll be taking that retreat. So, okay, if you are interested in that retreat, uh, just as a reminder, www.joanandersononline.com. And uh, like she said, her, it's, her website's down for the next three hours, so if you happen to be online right now, check back in a few hours and uh, be able to go on the site and be able to take one of her her retreats. And, you know, and be sure and write to me at Cape Woman, as in Cape Cod, C-A-P-E-W-O-M-A-N, at msn.com. Okay, thank you. That's great. That's and great. all of the books, I would say the taglines on all the books, Andrea, tell it all. The, uh, the, the, the Year by the Sea is really um, uh, about being an unfinished woman. Um, a Walk on the Beach is about being an an uncon, unconventional woman. And a, a Second Journey, the, the fifth book, is about finding the road back to yourself when you've lost yourself, which I think we do again and again and again, and that's fine. That's all part of growing and shifting mm-hmm. and changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband used to say, you know, I've only been the, the um, uh, father of a 30-year-old once. So I'm doing the best I can getting to know this 30-year-old who's married and thinks he knows everything. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. <clears throat> In most of my books, I try to talk about marriage, um, growing children, getting along with your daughter-in-laws if you have daughter-in-laws, um, dealing with old parents, and um, finding your, you know, st- staying focused on yourself. Keeping the focus on yourself. Yep. And that's really what it's all about, to be able to really know where you are so that you can be a part of the real world instead of the illusionary world. A lot of work. Yep. But good work, fun work. Yeah, absolutely. Work. It is fun work. It There's is no one more work. interesting to me than me. <laughs> yep. <That's laughs> and right. I don't mind saying that anymore out loud, you know. That's right. And that's really the truth. That's, your, that's our journey. That's the one and only thing we absolutely own 100% ourselves so thank you so much Joan for coming and sharing this information with our listeners today and uh, just remember you can go to her website take one of her retreats read her books learn about yourself uh, go to an inner retreat find yourself this is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology and just remember your job should you choose to accept it is to give birth to yourself we'll be back Uh, Not next week, but the week after. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.